0: Hello and welcome, everybody. Andy Bowerek here, once again, your guest host on the Legally Bond podcast. Great to be with you. Of course, we we had our prior podcasts on the summer fun series, and with the summer days, unfortunately, starting to uh, become fleeting, it's time to look towards uh, the fall ahead and late summer, and and we're going to start our second installment of our summer series uh, now, the back to campus series, and. It's my great pleasure to welcome one of my colleagues who I've had uh, the opportunity to work with in the past on a wide variety of issues in the higher education realm and, and in other realms. Uh, Joanna Silver, welcome. Great to have you with us today.
1: Hi, Andy, great to be here.
0: Excellent, so uh, I know you very well and we've had a chance to work together over the years, but perhaps some of our podcast listeners uh, are not as familiar. Maybe you could tell them a little bit about yourself, your practice, and how you came here to Von Chenekin & King.
1: Sure. So I've been representing colleges and universities for 25 years now, uh, which is which is hard to believe. Um, time
0: flies, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't know how it's been 25 years when I'm still just 29.
0: I was going to say, you start practicing at (laughs) five, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Actually, I've been doing it longer because I think, you know, I started uh, getting an interest in higher ed when I was actually still in law school. When I was at the University of Buffalo uh, the first summer that I was up there after being a 1L, I really didn't want to work. They always told you that if that was the one summer, where you didn't have to work during law school. It was one out. But UB came to me with a position opening at SUNY Central Administration in Albany. And it seemed like too good of a a thing to pass over. So I went to Albany and interviewed for the position and got the job and worked at SUNY Central Administration for my first summer. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that there were there were that there were attorneys at colleges and universities. I don't think being such an, a respectable student myself in college and law school, I never had I never crossed paths with the attorneys. The concept of colleges having attorneys and having so many attorneys was, was kind of new to me. And I fell in love with higher ed that summer. And the next summer, I wanted to do more of the same. So I sought out an internship with the U.S. Department of Education in D.C., and I worked there for the office of general counsel for the division of post secondary division and I was actually in the supreme court on the day that Ginsburg read the VMI decision which made the institution accept women for the first time in its yeah. storied career and at that moment I was like this is I'm I'm going to do this this is what yeah. I want to do so that brought me to you know after I graduated from law school It was difficult to find an in-house job because colleges didn't really have them at the time, aside from large public systems like SUNY and the University of California and things like that. So I found a firm in Brooklyn who represented colleges and universities, and I worked there for 15 years and made partner and then kind of decided that I needed a change. I went to another firm for a couple of years, and while I was there, I ran into Shelly Kale, who um, had recently moved her firm into into Bond, and I was speaking with her, and we both thought it was a good idea to try to bring me into Bond and and to further grow the higher ed practice here at Bond, and and that's how I got here in 2015. So it's been seven years now. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hard to believe uh, it's been seven years already, and how great to. To get that exposure, I hear your story and I'm enthused by it. But how great to get that exposure through SUNY, uh, just as after a one-l there, that, that's just tremendous. And obviously, it's worked out very, very well for you. And I, you know, I share your sentiment. I, I do a good amount of higher ed work in the labor and employment realm, and. You know, there's, there's no more enjoyable area of my practice. That's the way I put it. Um, you're, you're working with great people, uh, interesting issues, right? It, it tends to be the, the work is uh, challenging and complex. And, it you know, really, I don't know how you feel, but it makes me feel like I'm, you know, definitely making a positive difference on these issues. And, uh, it, and it's just, you know, there's good vibes, right, on these campuses, young people, energetic. It, it always feels good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No, I agree. I think, I think you know, a lot of the reasons why I enjoy it is it's, it's rarely the same thing twice. You, know, you really get, rarely get something on your desk and you say, oh, I just did this yesterday. There's so many nuances to the whole higher ed culture and uh, you see so many different things that you'd never think that you see before. So I think, you know, that's interesting. And I do think, I do think the clients are great people to work with. I mean, I've worked with a number of institutions over the years and I can't think of an experience where it wasn't a positive one. Um, they really respect the role that the lawyer plays, especially I mean, in helping them guide through what have become pretty complex issues over the years. So yeah, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. And as, as a student, I always look at it as like, I'm, as I'm a continuing student. You know, because there's always something new to learn in this area, so that just you know keeps it fresh and keeps it interesting.
0: Well, what what a great segue there! I agree, right? What a dynamic field to practice in. And in in that regard, and I I think I know what you're going to tell me here, but I'm interested in what issues or issue you have your eye on right now for our higher ed clients that. You know, we could say is an emergent one, something to take note of, and that could have an impact. Any anything coming across your desk these days at all on on that front? I say tongue in cheek for listeners.
1: No, nothing, nothing. <laughs> it's been a very quiet summer, and yeah. you know, I hope something comes out soon. <laughs> no, it was it was interesting. I, I had um, every year I, I, I attend the annual conference of the National Association of College and University Attorneys, which happens at the end of June every year. And this year, they were meeting in person for the first time since the pandemic started. So it had been three years since I had an in-person meeting. I couldn't wait to go. And I was presenting there, and I got COVID a few days before the conference, and I couldn't go. So I was home, laying in bed, watching TV. And I swear, the number of things that came across the newsfeed that week related to higher ed, I was had... Serious FOMO, because I wasn't at the conference to kind of discuss, you know, these issues. But the other thought was, oh man, this is going to be a busy summer leading into the fall semester. That was the week that The new Title IX uh, regulations were dropped, uh, the notice of proposed rulemaking. And in fact, they were just published in the Federal Register this morning, and the commentary period is open until the middle of September. So I think that's going to be a big issue for our schools. We kind of went through this a couple of years ago when, under the Trump administration, the regulations changed, and the schools in the middle of COVID and everything else had to revamp their policies to come into compliance with those regs and now we're under the Biden administration and there was a lot of effort uh, put into, again, revising um, the regulations. So all of our schools are gonna go through the exercise of having to uh, review their policies, um, determine once this actually becomes the the new law on Title IX, what needs to change, what needs to be in in effect for purposes of utilizing Title IX, both in the uh, sex discrimination setting and also, you know, to some degree, athletics and other areas that are covered by Title IX. So that's going to happen fairly quickly. I mean, it looks like those those new regs, you know, we could have something by the end of the calendar year. It's going to be pretty quick. That week was also the week that the Roe v. Wade, uh, Roe v. Wade decision uh, was overturned by the Dobbs case. Uh, the Supreme Court. In that case, and I think this is going to pose a pretty big issue for colleges um, when students come back onto campus, not just in the context of the, the law itself and and whether there are violations of the law, depending upon where the colleges are located. But I think the protests and various situations that are going to occur on college campuses. So it's going to bring up a whole host of First Amendment issues, free speech, student discipline often comes with with protests. So I think there's going to be a lot of interesting, it's obviously a very emotional and high high impact topic that I think a lot of the campuses are going to be dealing with when the students get back to school this fall.
0: I I think you're right. And you know, I I think about the, the Title IX regs too, and so this will be the third time, right, that our clients have uh, had to assess and pivot and and implement uh, potentially new procedures and policies. That, like you said, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, it just uh, it a tremendous resource here to have Joanna and our other colleagues in our higher education practice group who are pouring through those regulations digesting them have an understanding of you know the history uh, behind these processes these procedures and i think more importantly right the uh, how you deal with this from a practical standpoint uh on campuses and and uh, you know, we've got higher education clients of all shapes and sizes from you know the very very large to the very very small and uh, you know it's, it's a challenge to say the least but I know that our clients really appreciate and value having a great resource like you um, to help them through this through this process. So uh, again, we wanted to take the opportunity to just let folks uh, hear a little bit from you. Uh, I, I hope we can do this again at, at some point. For those of you listening who wanna get in touch with Joanna, her contact information is available on our website at bsk.com. Feel free to look her up and and contact her if you have any questions with respect to higher education or her other practice areas, Uh, her bio's on there too. Uh, And again, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you with us, Joanna.
1: Thanks, Andy. Nice spending time with you.
0: All right, take care. Bond, Shenick & King has prepared this communication to present only general information. This is not intended as legal advice, nor should you consider it as such. You should not act or decline to act based upon the contents. While we try to make sure that the information is complete and accurate, laws can change quickly. You should always formally engage a lawyer of your choosing before taking actions which have legal consequences. For information about our communication, firm, practice areas, and attorneys, visit our website, bsk.com. This is Attorney Advertising.